Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, David here with another episode of Light the Fight. Today I'm riding solo because I have a little crazy schedule, so I had to change the plan. So I told Heidi, I'm just going to do this episode today by myself, and it's actually a special episode because today I'm going to be doing what's called a Patreon episode. Patreon is a subscription model that we use for people that want to pay five bucks a month. You get a bonus content every single week where myself or Heidi or both of us together answer questions from our patrons and we give you some answers to your specific questions kind of like what we did in the podcast way back in the day with the dms but now we're going we're doing it specifically for our patrons we post it there we also post um, the videos of all of our normal podcasts that we put out on light the fight on patreon as well Right now, what we're running, though, is our patrons, they send in like two or three questions. We answer the questions for them individually on our patron episodes. So you get some extra special attention and um, kind of like a normal social media feed. You get to communicate with us, you know, wish us well, thank us, um, give us ideas, suggestions. Like I said, right now, we're having you guys submit questions. So if you want to know more about that, just simply go to www.patreon.com backslash light the fight that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com backslash light the fight like i said it's just five bucks a month help us uh pay some bills and keep the lights on so for this week um we're posting our patreon episode here on light the fight and we have a question from one of our patrons that i will be reading for you in just one second as soon as i could open up my cell phone all right here we go Okay, um, so the question is, best ways to support a teenager who is struggling with mental health and suicide thoughts? My daughter and I have a great relationship and we communicate about her struggles. I don't want to see her, wait, I don't want her to see me hover and worry all the time though. Okay, very good question. Now I'm going to take a couple liberties right now that in this scenario, this daughter, like she said, she struggles with mental health stuff. And suicidal thoughts doesn't sound like for me, I got to dumb things down because I've said many times on this podcast, when it came to therapy, when it came to psychology in graduate school, I was not the most intellectual, smartest person in the classroom. I'd read things multiple times over and over again before I was able to get it. I was usually like, huh, what does that mean? Like me reading, comprehending that always took me a long time. In my defense, I did have some serious head trauma issues, so they gave me as much time as I needed to read and to take the test. So that helped out a lot. So having said that confession, <laughs> I just want to let you guys know when I'm dealing with any clients and I'm talking with them so it's easier for the parents to understand, when I'm talking with them and we're talking about serious mental health stuff along the suicide spectrum, I always help them identify, is it mild, medium, hot, 
or ghost pepper hot. Mild meaning that your child has been just not feeling good and having like these thoughts of like, man, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, people would be better off without me. You talk to your child or your child comes in to see a therapist and the child says, or teenager in this case, right, says, yeah, well, that's, you know, that's what I told my parent. And, you know, I'm, I'm not planning on killing myself. I don't have any intentions of doing that. It's just like, I just feel like, you know, no one really cares about me. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just feeling like, you know, I, I don't really matter that much. That's definitely mild. After I've assessed and after I've gone through all the questions, and I figured out, especially if, if it's I, if I know someone very well and I've been with this client for a while, that would be a mild version. And yes, I am using hot sauce because I love Mexican food. I'm part Mexican. And I think most anyone can see mild, medium, hot, and ghost pepper as different levels on that spectrum. Medium would definitely be more having thoughts about suicide. Like, man, I keep on having these thoughts. Um, they've told some friends. They've told their parents. Definitely doesn't seem like they're doing it for attention seeking. And even if they are doing it for attention seeking, when a teenager goes that far for attention seeking, we have to take it serious. So I always tell parents and other professionals that don't try to make sense of whether they're being serious or not. If they're saying these things out loud, that's the medium category. And if they really are having those thoughts, again, that's something that you're going to be like, okay, you got to take this serious. This situation having those thoughts, having those feelings, maybe voicing that occasionally, this question seems to be coming from a medium standpoint. Hot would definitely be like um, there's some self-harm involved. Maybe they're thinking about it a lot. They can't shake it. Maybe they've had some uh, friends in their life that also are in that place and they're talking about these things a lot. Um, it's definitely on the on the spectrum of you got to have a safety plan, got to make sure that, you know, there's no weapons, there's no, well, in all these situations, you want to make sure if there are weapons in the house, they're locked up and they cannot be accessed whatsoever from your child or teenager. So that's regardless of what spectrum they're on. But in this situation, a hot situation, it definitely be more along the lines of, hey, this is serious. Maybe they've tried before. Maybe this is something that, um, you know, you know, that is not just a thought. This is something that we need to take very serious. Talking to the therapist, crisis hotline, stuff like that. Ghost pepper would be the extreme version of that. Multiple hospitalizations. This child is definitely in a situation where they're constantly feeling this way. They have a plan or have recently had a plan or go back and forth with just say, hey, I have a plan. It's always there. But depending upon the week or depending upon how they've they've been that day, it could pop up and they could be suicidal at any moment. OK, so that's more the ghost pepper. This is a medium type of question. So I want to be very clear about that, because when I answer this question, she's saying we have a good relationship. How do I get her, you know? to see that I'm trying to help her basically without being that hovering parent because no one wants to be the hovering parent. No one wants to be the parent that is going to be so all over your kid and, and in their business that your kid now starts to pull away and back away. So I'm glad that you, this mom that put together this question, I'm glad you're realizing that that's not the goal. Now, safety is first. So if your child is manifesting any suicidal thoughts, feelings, 
They should be seeing a counselor. I'm assuming that they are seeing a counselor, a therapist, or having this because this is not something that any parent is equipped to deal with. And even if you, as the parent, are a mental health professional, you're still needs, you still need someone else that's not related to your child to help your child so your, so your child can openly express their thoughts and feelings. Then you can come in and you can help support what your child and the therapist is talking about. I think the best thing to do in these situations, and these are a couple different things that has, has had success with clients of mine that want to stay connected, but are also still worried. One thing is experiential. So what experiential is, it's a type of approach or a type of way of seeing, doing something physical, something active with your child that makes a bond that creates an experience. Through that experience, you then have a closeness and a connection where you get to be able, it's almost kind of like you get a peek behind the curtain of what's really going on with your kid and your child without questioning them and without trying to be, without being intrusive or without, you know, you know, kind of stepping over the lines of the boundaries of the relationship. So experiential could be something as simple as walking in, you see them have a stressful day and say, come on, grab your stuff. We're going. They'll be like, what do you mean you're going? It's like, we're going over to, I don't know. I'm just going to use a random restaurant. Let's say we got, because this happened not too long ago, let's say we have a mom who's always on their kids about eating healthy because they read somewhere that health and eating well is really important, right? Go figure that. <laughs> but this parent really wants their kid to eat well, but their kid likes McDonald's. The parent says, come on, we're going to eat at McDonald's. The daughter's like, McDonald's? Are you serious? We're going to eat McDonald's. Yeah, we're going to go eat McDonald's. Why are we eat McDonald's? Because I can just tell that you're having one of those days, or I believe that you're having one of those days that, McDonald's wouldn't suck right now. You would like that. Let's go. You go grab a bite at McDonald's. You sit down, assuming if the restaurant's open. Or you take it to a park and you just sit there and you start eating. And instead of talking about your day, talk about the meal. Look at it be like, hey, you know, you know, even though I don't really love McDonald's too much, but this is actually pretty good, you know. You know, this, it's not that bad. It's like, it's like, well, what is it about McDonald's anyways? Like, you always want to go here. Like, Everyone has that one favorite meal, that one favorite place to eat. If you start asking questions about what your kid is interested in, about why that's something that they like, or if you state some things like, you know, I know I've been a stickler about not taking to McDonald's and I don't like it, whatever, but to be totally honest, don't use this against me, but I can see why you like it. You know, so it's not the most healthiest thing, man. They do, they do make it taste really good. Is it true that McDonald's has their own Diet Coke, right? Just Google something about why do people love McDonald's before you go to McDonald's, make some statements about it, make some comments, put your guard down a little bit, say things like, ah, I could see why you'd want to eat here. Um, don't, don't get too cocky. I'm bringing here all the time, but I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I like to have these little guilty pleasures. Like, you know, maybe your thing is not McDonald's. Maybe your thing is Starbucks or maybe your thing is some ice cream, whatever it is, try to make some statements to relate to her at that time. The kryptonite to depression is connection. The best suicide prevention is connection. When you try really hard to connect, you look desperate. Teenagers can smell that a mile away because they all struggle with the same thing. I guarantee you, whoever's listening to this and this woman that gave in, that gave in the question, your daughter doesn't want to look too desperate in her friend group or when she's meeting some new friends. She's trying to play it cool because that's what teenagers, at least, you know, the ones that figure out the social thing, 
You don't open up and just start blabbering your mouth in front of a bunch of people you don't know. You kind of ease into the conversation. So you're doing the same thing. The conversation, the focus has to be solely upon that experience, not the end game that you want to get her to open up and talk about her feelings and emotions. Because at that particular moment, she may not be wanting to. But everybody knows how to plant seeds, right? You just kind of drop a little something there and you water it over time. The parents that have had the most success that I've known throughout the years, they were the best parents at gauging how to just be around your teenager without shaking and like exuberating this, this energy of fear and worry all the time. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If your kids think that you're always starting conversations to ask them questions because you're trying to help them unknowingly, you are making them feel like they're broken because your questions and you're connecting with them and trying to hang out with them makes them feel like you're trying to fix them. So hopefully that information is helpful. You got some nuggets from there. I know it's helpful. Um, other things you can do before I, I get done with this question that are experiential, definitely physical. Playing catch. You know, I think a lot of kids play catch with their parents. Playing a video game. I know Heidi hates this one, but just say, hey, I know I've hated on your video games. Can I play some video games with you for a little bit? Or tell me about your video game. Everyone wants to talk about things that they're interested in and they like. If, if you know your kid is super obsessed with something, especially if it's something you have no interest in, well, you better get that attitude of showing interest and really do a little bit of research, Google a couple things, some cool facts about that thing, that person, that food, that, that hobby, whatever they're into, and you start showing them that you're interested in things that they're interested in. Because as soon as they see that you're interested in things that they're interested in, something magical starts to happen. They start to feel the need to ask you questions or to show some things that you're interested in. And guess what all your kids know you're interested in? Them. Exactly. They know you're interested in them because you're always trying to get information from them. This is just the cooler, smoother, street, OG, non-intrusive, mellow, organic, natural way of doing it. You do have an agenda. You are trying to meet a certain goal by getting to talk to them and getting to feel connected with them especially because you're worried about their mental health or potentially having some thoughts. But it's in these moments where you're going to forge the relationship that can then lead to the deeper conversations. There is no shortcut. There is no cheat code. Every now and then as parents, you will get lucky. Your kids will open up and start talking to you. However, the majority of the time, you got to put in the work in order for them to feel comfortable. And once they feel comfortable that you're sincere, then they start to naturally open up information, testing you. And at that moment, remember, don't ask them a bunch of questions. Make statements of observation and just let them control the conversation. Well, you guys, use that information. Look forward to hearing your comments uh, on the Patreon episode. For those people that are watching this on Patreon, please put in comments what you think, if this is helpful. We want to know what we're talking about if it's helpful if you want me to elaborate give you some more ideas please let me know and for everyone else as always thank you for helping us to light the